This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Too often, most of us live our lives consumed with our own glory, our own story, our own lives, and our own legacy. But what if our lives had infinitely greater significance than just our lives? What if the choices we made reflected a much greater story, a much grander epic? You see, we are hardwired for story. It's what captivates us about a novel or a movie. All of us want to know that our lives connect to a greater purpose. And on today's podcast, we'll look closely at the life of Saul, king of Israel. And we'll close the book on him. And we'll see how his tragic end had disastrous consequences for the larger story of Israel and her God. Verses 8 through 10 of 1 Samuel 31 today read, The next day when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his three sons dead on Mount Gilboa. They cut off Saul's head, stripped off his armor, and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to spread the good news in the temples of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths and hung his body on the wall of Bethshan. How the mighty have fallen! These were the words of David just a chapter later. But 1 Samuel 31 chronicles the tragic end of Israel's heralded first king. As we close the book on this enigmatic figure, we should consider what we might learn from this man who has everything that Israel wanted and nothing that they needed. Remember, Israel clamored for a king because there was a dearth of godly leadership among the people. As Samuel began to pass from the scene, the people slowly drifted toward the desire to be like everybody else. But that was kind of the whole point, wasn't it? This nation started as a holy nation, God's chosen people. Remember Moses' words? When they, that's the other nations, hear about all these statutes, they will say, this great nation is indeed a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there with a God near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call to him? And what great nation has righteous statutes and ordinances like the entire law I set before you today? If this was the sentiment of the other surrounding nations of Israel at its start, then how did they get to this place? You see, all of this had changed now. This nation that began unlike any other now would become barely recognizable in less than 400 years. The people now clamored to be just like everybody else. They wanted a king to rule over them, to fight for them, and to lead them. But their desires for an earthly king came alongside their rejection of their heavenly king. Had God not ruled over them with understandable laws, 
Had he not fought for them under Joshua? Had he not led them out of Egypt and into the land of promise? But these people somehow forgot and rejected this king and instead demanded a human one. Well, that human king had to look the part and be the kind of guy that they all admired, head and shoulders above everybody else. Enter King Saul. But as time would reveal, Saul had the resume, but he didn't have the ability. Over time, this man made one foolish decision after another. He was at times ruled by fear and ruined by insecurity. His impatience in waiting for Samuel and his arrogance in ignoring God's command against the Amalekites cost him the kingdom. All the while, this man is building monuments to himself about his bravery and his fame. Yet going ahead with a sacrifice instead of waiting on Samuel and ignoring God's command to wipe out the Amalekites, both show his disdain for God's law and instructions. His rebellion led to his own ruin. At the end of his life, he became a stunted shell of a leader, grasping for power and foolishly trying to murder David. The latter was God's anointed and had done nothing but good for Saul. His insecurity as a leader and his controlling grasp for power shows how pitifully desperate this king had become. His desperation becomes painfully evident as he tries to hear a word from God in vain in the previous chapters. But God God has completely abandoned him. After he had established a pattern of disobedience as to God's commands, why would God further instruct him? So he disguises himself and consults a medium to hear from Samuel from beyond the grave. Yet another act of complete desperation. Samuel's haunting words spell the end of this leader, who had all the potential, but none of the follow-through. Sadly, his life and legacy end with cowardice, with suicide, and with shame, brought to the nation of Israel and her God. We learn the Philistines behead him, they strip him of his armor, they celebrate in their temples, they hang his body on the wall as an imposing sign of their victory. To make matters worse, the Israelites fled the land that they had been given, and now the Philistines occupied the promised land. It's a tragic tale of disobedience, arrogance, cowardice, insecurity, and tragedy. Now, as we seek to apply Saul's tragic life and legacy, What might we learn from him? Well, one crucial truth shines through in this chapter. God's fame is often tied to our obedience. You see, when we walk in disobedience to God, we ignore his commands and live selfishly and arrogantly. When we do that, it will always end in our demise, but more importantly, God's shame. These were God's people. This land was land that he had promised them. And every time we fail to obey God, the kingdom of Christ loses ground. While we know God's ultimate victory will prevail, we have to ask ourselves, what will our legacy be? How are we connected to this story? Will the banner of God's name fall from within our hands because we arrogantly disobeyed and because we impatiently falter in waiting for him? Will his cause be injured because we fearfully cross swords with those in the same army because of our insecurity? Will we bring shame or honor to the name of Christ because of the pattern and legacy of our lives? 
You see, as leaders, we have been entrusted with the name and the power of Christ. How we use that power for our own selfish ends or for kingdom advancement is a question worth considering. Saul's life underscores the importance of obedience, of patience, and trust. So we have to ask ourselves, what will our legacy be? When our lives are done, will God's enemies dance in the street, advancing over our dead bodies and hang up our lives as symbols of their triumph? Or will our lives resound for God's glory? Will our obedience in the gospel army inspire the next generation of leaders to follow our commander more closely? Will our patience and trust in God's command bring his name, fame, and glory and honor? How will we live? Because how we live today will be the legacy that we're remembered by tomorrow. God, help us to be obedient. Help us to trust you. Help us to wait on you. Guard us against insecurity, arrogance, presumption, and the desire for power and prominence. When our life is over, may your glory be revered and not shamed. May your fame go forth as the echo of our lives. In your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.